Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, April 8th. Shabbat Shalom. This year, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is from Thursday, April 6th to Thursday, April 13th. Unleavened Bread is a seven-day festival that is linked with Passover. Passover is celebrated on the 14th day of the first month, the month of Aviv or Nisan. It is immediately followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which goes from the 15th day to the 21st day of the first month. During these seven days, we are to eat unleavened bread, also known as matzah. The first and the seventh days of this feast are Sabbaths. They are high holy days, as it is written in Leviticus 23, verses 6 and 8. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Leviticus 23, 6-8 Eating unleavened bread represents being without sin. Unleavened bread in Hebrew is matzah. This teaching will explain how matzah is a picture of Yeshua and how unleavened bread represents being consecrated and sanctified to service unto Yeshua in the kingdom of God. The spiritual message of eating the Passover lamb is this. Believe the gospel. Believe that Yeshua is Messiah, the true bread of life. And then, once you have eaten the lamb, you eat the unleavened bread, which means don't sin, don't live a sinful life. Pursue a holy life. Eating unleavened bread is an eternal command. Exodus 12, 18 and 19. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eats that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Unleavened bread in Hebrew is matzah. Matzah is a spiritual picture of Yeshua the Messiah. Matzah has no leaven, no sin. Yeshua is without sin. As it is written in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The matzah is a spiritual picture of the Messiah. The matzah is pierced. Yeshua was pierced for our transgressions. The matzah is striped. By Yeshua's stripes, we are healed. 
We see unleavened bread mixed with oil, and this reveals to us a spiritual principle and application. The anointing comes when we separate, consecrate, and sanctify ourselves to the God of Israel. We are to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread in sincerity and in truth, as it is written in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, and 8. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Numbers 28, 16-21 On the fourteenth day of the first month you must celebrate the Lord's Passover. On the following day, the fifteenth day of the month, a joyous seven-day festival will begin, but no bread made with yeast may be eaten. The first day of the festival will be an official day for Holy Assembly, and no ordinary work may be done on that day. As a special gift, you must present a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, and seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. These will be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with each bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs. Luke 12, 35-59 Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared, and doesn't carry out those instructions, will be severely punished. But someone who does not know, and then does something wrong, will be punished only lightly. 
When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then Yeshua turned to the crowd and said, When you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, Here comes a shower, and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, Today will be a scorcher. And it is. You fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? When you are on the way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. Otherwise, your accuser may drag you before the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, who will throw you into prison. And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. Psalm 78, 56-64 But they kept testing and rebelling against God Most High. They did not obey His laws. They turned back and were as faithless as their parents. They were as undependable as a crooked bow. They angered God by building shrines to other gods. They made Him jealous with their idols. When God heard them, He was very angry, and He completely rejected Israel. Then He abandoned His dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle where He had lived among the people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered his glory into enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people, his special possession. Their young men were killed by fire. Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered, and their widows could not mourn their deaths. Proverbs 12:24 Work hard and become a leader be lazy and become a slave I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Luke chapter 12 and this is a tough topic and I want to speak to you from my heart but let's begin with the words of Yeshua and in Luke chapter 12 starting in verse 51. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Now, when the COVID pandemic hit us really hard in the year 2020 and 2021, 
and the governments came in with their medical tyranny, with their lockdowns and the mask mandates and social distancing and shutting down churches, but Walmart could certainly stay open. All the big box stores could stay open, but the small mom and pop stores and the churches, they had to be shut down. It not only divided the nation, it also divided families. And that was the tactic of the enemy, was really to break up relationships between um, members in a church and and the leaders and the pastors, to, to break up relationships and families. And there were many families that were very divided, some who took the vax, the experimental use jab, and some who did not. And then if you chose not to take the experimental use jab, then you weren't invited to Thanksgiving because you might spread those nasty germs to us. So um, I'll just share personally from my heart, one of my children, grown child and married with two grandchildren, um, decided to go ahead and take the jab and go and get boosted and boosted again and boosted again. And so did his wife. And then he also had his young children jabbed as well. And so for three years, three hard, long, difficult years, I was not allowed to see them because I am not vaccinated. And they thought that I might get them sick. And that just about ripped my heart out. But, you know, uh, basically I was told, well, if you want to see us, you have to get jabbed, you have to get the vaccine, or you're not going to see us. And I said, well, I guess you're not going to see me. Because there was no way that I was going to put that poison into my body. That bioweapon, that stuff that changes your DNA. So it was a hard, difficult price to pay. And then I just kept on praying because there was no changing his mind, no amount of research or links or information, data, nothing would change his mind because it's a spirit of delusion. They drink the Kool-Aid of the narrative from the mainstream and then they just, they don't use reason or logic. They don't look at facts. They don't look at data. They don't look at the number of deaths, uh, excess mortality rates in Germany and in the UK and in the U.S. and in Israel, all this excess mortality rate ever since the jab was introduced. Uh, all of a sudden, adult death syndrome. People that just drop dead and die in the prime of life. People who have heart attacks and strokes, you know, weeks, months, maybe a year later. None of that made any sense to him. He didn't want to hear it. So I just went into my closet and I prayed and prayed and prayed and just said, God, please, I ask that your spirit would touch his heart. I pray that he would love truth and seek truth and that you would take away this veil of deception. And finally, there was a breakthrough. And finally, he agreed to see me with his family. And we met at the coast outdoors in the fresh air. And we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And I basically told my son, we must never, ever, ever let politics divide us again. We have to stand on the common ground that we have, which is we love each other and we love these children. And that's all that matters. And he agreed. 
It took a lot of prayer and a lot of tears to get to that point. And that's one son. The other son still isn't talking to me at all. The door got slammed on my face. I'm a loving mother. And, you know, there's nothing I did that would make him want to do that, except that it's just, it's the spirit of the times. And Yeshua warns us. He warns us that because of him, there'll be three against two in the same family. And so who is Yeshua's true family? Well, he said it to his disciples uh, one time when his family came to visit him, his mother and his brothers, they came and the disciples came up to him in the press of the crowd. And they said, hey, Yeshua, your mother and your brothers are here. And Yeshua said, my mother and my brothers are those people who hear my words and who obey them. That's who my true family is. And so our true family is our spiritual family, our sisters and brothers in Christ. That's who our true family is. I'll bring in one more point that kind of seals the deal here. And that is this. Yeshua warns his disciples in Matthew 24 and 25 about the signs of his second coming. And one of the things he does is he compares the time of his second coming to the time of Noah and also to the time of Lot. And he says very clearly, remember Lot's wife. Well, what is there to remember? There was a time when they had to flee. They had to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angel basically picked him up at the scruff of his neck and physically brought him outside of the city limits, took him outside. But Lot's wife turned around and looked back. The angel warned them, don't look back. And she did. And she turned to a pillar of salt. Now we know that fire and brimstone from heaven came down. In a way, almost like a heavenly nuclear bomb. And whatever that fire and brimstone was that was coming down, it completely destroyed the city to the point that if you go to the area south of Jerusalem near the Dead Sea, in that region where Sodom and Gomorrah once stood, you will find um, little round silver balls on the ground that you can light them and they will burn and they are sulfur. And the sign of his judgment is still there to this very day. So God warns us, When it's time to flee, do not look back. Don't even go downstairs to go grab a coat. When it's time to flee, you flee. Remember Lot's wife. What was her problem? She turned around and looked back. She was looking back, probably at thinking about the family members that she had left behind. Her kids left, her daughters, but their husbands didn't leave with them. And maybe she had grandchildren back there and and friends and extended family and a comfortable life. And so she looked back and that cost her her life. That cost her dearly. And so we get sometimes very entangled in family relationships. We get very involved in our family. We love our family. Yes, we're to take care of our family. We're to take care of our kids and look after them and 
love on them and provide for them when they're younger. And as they grow older and they leave the nest, they make their own life for themselves. But there is a point where we must make Yeshua and the kingdom of God number one in our life. And when there's a time when he says it's time to flee, we better flee. And remember Lot's wife. So, be encouraged. We have Yeshua and we have each other. We have the family of God. And it's a good thing if you have family members, blood family members, who love the Lord and who are on the same journey and on the same path as you. But that's not always the case. And so, sometimes you just have to step back and step away and pray. Because you're not going to change people's minds. People make up their minds and that's it. And really, the only time a person's mind or their heart is changed is when the Holy Spirit visits them. When the Holy Spirit is revealed to them. When they get a revelation of Yeshua. That's what will bring about the change. So pray, pray, pray for family members who are not walking in the way. Pray for them. Love them. But remember, Yeshua is our first priority. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.